Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are listening to Civic Cypher. Yes, indeed. Um, another great show lined up for you. We are going to deal with some stuff as we do. Um, some of this stuff is going to be heavy. And so fasten your seatbelts and ride along with us as we take you through um, a couple of instances of environmental racism. This is a topic that we've danced around on the show and we really want to do it right and i won't promise today will be the fully fleshed out um segment that we really want to bring to you but we will definitely delve into it um to a significant degree because it is timely and we have to deal with some stuff that's going on in mississippi where a predominantly black community is going without drinking water this is a story we've seen time and again in this country so environmental environmental racism stick around for that um, we're also going to talk about um, the minor. There's a video that has gone viral. And in case you haven't seen it, there's a minor that was riding an ATV. Uh, police tried to pull him over. Um, the minor says that he didn't know that that was what was going on initially. And then he, when he found out, then he was afraid and he kept driving. Uh, and then they proceeded to um, pull him off of his ATV and beat him up and kick him and all this sort of stuff and he's 12 years old and so we're going to talk about that um a bit that's kind of a sad story and uh you know a common motif around here because uh we often mention that black children have to grow up before their time and this is an example of how the world uh seems to uh, make black children into adults uh, well before they're ready our way black history fact we're going to talk about the chicago race riot and uh much much more so a lot in store for you be sure to stick around once again uh but first and foremost like we always do at this time let's give you some ebony excellence q shall we we shall um ebony excellence this week is sponsored by hip-hop weekly media and it br is brought to you by uh or it comes via black enterprise so it is a new year and more magic boss women media and capital one return black girl magic digital summit so um, this was created by marty mcdonald in 2016 boss women media is an online membership platform and offline women's empowerment and educational community they create curated storytelling content and events to propel boss women forward in their careers you know around here we like black girl magic and this sounds like just that um here's a quote we are on a mission to provide black women with the tools and education they need to take the next steps toward having more, end quote. This was said by uh, Marty McDonald himself. Quote, the Black Girl Magic Summit is a pivotal part of this mission as it gives us the stage and presence to amplify critical conversations and poignant, poignant messages. Um, this marks the third consecutive year Capital One has teamed up with Boss Women Media for the summit. According to a press release, Capital One business sponsored the Black Girl Magic Summit pitch competition providing $100,000 in funding to three women-owned businesses, small businesses, which is up from $50,000 in 2021. Um, I want to also note that uh, Ebony Excellence this week it was uh, chosen by our very own producer, Maggie, aka Maggie B. Known. She do. She do. Um, and uh, she's another one around here that loves to celebrate um, anything that propels Black women forward. Um, we recognize and understand that as a community, uplifting Black women uh, ultimately ups, uplifts all of us. 
And so um, once again, we're going to shout out uh, Marty McDonald and Capital One for putting on this event. Now, environmental racism. Um, so that if you have never heard that before, it sounds crazy. How can an environment be racist? Right. And it's not that. Uh, think more in terms of racism manifested in an environment. Um, think, uh, think of it in terms of like office place work, uh, or work related racism or sports related racism or, you know, educational racism, you know, uh, healthcare racism. Well, this is environmental racism. In other words, um, something that affects a predominantly black, brown, poor, poor, black and brown, oftentimes, um, community, uh, where laws are bent and broken so that corporations can dump so that cities can grow or, you know, eminent domain or whatever. And it, 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 and it disproportionately affects black and brown people. You know, it, it, it factors into the health of black and brown people, especially when you're dealing with pollutants in the air or in the ground, so forth and so on. This is a real thing. It's well-documented and it goes all the way back to, um, uh, even before, uh, Fair housing um, was a talking point in this country um, for black and brown people because environmental, environmental racism is something that very much shapes outcomes with respect to the black family. Uh, the latest instance of environmental racism um, has come about in Jackson, Mississippi. So I will share a bit with you. Um, this one comes by Reuters. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi will go without reliable drinking water indefinitely. Um, okay, so this is from officials on Monday, August 29th, after pumps at the, the main water treatment plant failed, leading to the emergency distribution of bottled water and tanker trucks for 180,000 people. The city linked the failure to complications from the flooding of the Pearl River but Governor Tate Reeves, who declared a state of emergency, said the cause was unknown and that the city-run water treatment plant had been poorly operated and understaffed for years. All right, let's stop right there. Um, now, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. But I remember a story about uh, Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana. And you know, the levees needed maintenance and they were understaffed and underfunded and on and on and on. But if you look at places where, let's say the population is not so colorful, <laughs> um, you know, these sorts of things tend to be prioritized. Um, these things don't get pushed off, you know, um, now, there have been some notable exceptions. I'm well aware of, you know, in California, all those mansions and all those fires being started because of poor maintenance of electricity um, poles and that sort of stuff. But by and large, we can point to a systemic issue that disproportionately affects black and brown people. So this is one of the telltale signs, but it doesn't tell the full story because lots of things are poorly maintained. 
um, we're going to take into account how we get there. And then, of course, what the response is afterwards. And then I think those things combined with other factors will suggest to you whether or not something is an example of environmental racism. I'll continue. Um, in any case, the capital city of 150,000 people and 30,000 in surrounding communities could go without running water indefinitely. As official warned, anyone with access to tap water should boil it for three minutes. Quote, we need to provide water for up to 180,000 people for an unknown period of time. Please stay safe, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves said at the evening briefing. Jackson, uh, the state capital is more than 80% black or African-American. So um, that is also key, 80% black or African-American. According to U.S. Census data, again, do not drink the water. Uh, Reeves told a hastily called news conference. In too many cases, it is raw water from the reservoir being pushed through the pipes. The city said recent flooding of the Pearl River created complications at the OB Curtis water treatment plant, which sits next to a reservoir that drains into the river just north of town. The town has been under a boiled water alert for a month. Reeves said that the motors powering the plant's pumps went out recently, leaving it to operate on backup pumps, which failed on Monday. State would establish an incident command center at the plant early Tuesday, hoping to reestablish operations. Now, Q, I want to ask you something. In the United States of America, have you ever heard of people not getting clean tap water from their sinks and having to boil their water? Has that some, been a story that you've ever heard about in this country? Um, <laughs> outside of Mississippi, outside of the story we're talking about today. Unfortunately, yes. You've heard of this story before. Um, but boiling the water as the solution is the part that stands out to me. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I hadn't heard, especially one's government, instruct its people uh -huh. to just boil the water for a few minutes. So, um, okay, I'm glad you said that because I want to lean into that for a second. But we do have to get back to the main point because I got some real important questions to ask. But does does it seem like that's kind of a lackluster effort to remedy the problem Ramses you're so kind I'm just asking this is the question I would sure I'll go with lack lackluster sure. um, okay so let's flip this around let's say for instance in Mississippi the population is 80% white just to pick a race um, could you imagine a governor coming forward and saying that we have a problem, there is no solution on the horizon, and there uh, you will have to boil water uh, indefinitely. Could you see that happening in a community like that? It depends. Oh, okay. And this is maybe some nuance unintendedly no, being no, please, please. injected into the story. Please. Are those people poor? Mm. Okay. Right? Because... Yeah. What we've learned is that if by nature it also suppresses the poor black and brown in that community, then it would by then extension the poor white people in that community are going to have affected. to be affected right. by those same rules. Okay, you know, unless there's some wealth, um, even a little some, bit, some people that 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 are above the poverty line. Yeah, in this country, kind of, of falls on deaf ears. apex capitalists. 
maybe all those poor people would be instructed to boil their water. You know, it's really sad that a lot of times our conversations point back to capitalism and that because we live in a capitalist model. Um, a white supremacist capitalist model, too. So there you go. Oof. Double down. So um, as a result of that, um, we don't have. Uh, that that ultimately is the end of the conversation. That's the end of the trail in most instances. And, you know, the funny part about it is that, you know, I've been to the Statue of Liberty and there's a line there that says, you know, give me your. I know we know about the huddled masses, but I, there's the line that says, you know, you're poor. And um, I'm just thinking like, man, that that's the promise that this country has made um, to the, to its people. Then this country has failed to deliver on that promise. Side note, I had a, a conversation um, on my other show, the Black Information Network daily podcast. I invite you to check it out. It's on iHeartMedia, um, the iHeart platforms. And uh, I was talking about this very thing, the failure of the government to keep its promise to the people. And uh, I was doing a discussion about uh, the, what is it? The student loans. So the student loan um, uh, relief by Joe Biden, you know, there's obviously a lot of Republican opposition to that. And I heard a lot of talking points. Of course there is. Right. Yeah. But I heard a lot of talking points about this, but, you know, one talking point that I didn't hear was that, well, let's take into account what does the government, first off, what is the government supposed to do? And my point was you decide what the government is and what it should do based on how you vote. And then uh, what is the government's commitment to the people? You know what I mean? And for that answer, we can look at what the government has promised the people in addition to what it is we want from our government, the voters, we the voters. And the connection that I made that I didn't see uh, made anywhere else in, in popular media was uh, I connected it with trickle-down economics, which was something that you know our conservative facet of this country has sold to the masses as being something that will work. Let's make sure the rich guys get richer so that this wealth will trickle down to the middle class, right? And we have a, now a 40, 50-year experiment that's been running, and we've seen after the 30-year mark that it does not, in fact, uh, produce a stronger middle class, does not lift up poor people. The wealth gap is wider than it's ever been, and the, the richest people in this country have concentrated all that wealth. And that and was so, always its intent. Sure, sure. They we just, know that. They just marketed it well. But they had 50 years of like pulling the wolves over our eyes and robbing us all blind, us, the, we the people. So because the government has to take responsibility for what the government promised to the people, um, if that responsibility is, hey, you know what, that trickle down economics thing, that didn't really work out. And you went to school and you got loans to go to school and you studied hard and you went out and you got a job and you find yourself not having that American dream that says, I can have a house, two cars in a garage, a stay at home spouse, and I can go on vacation twice a year and I can afford to take care of a couple of kids. Since you can't do that with that college degree, we should probably get you back on that college degree. Yeah, that was our bad. And so I'm connecting the government with their responsibility. Right? And that'd be tight if they so, did that. Well, that this is what I'm connecting to Joe Biden's student loan, you know, relief thing. You know, little, little things, not enough, but yeah, it's something. It's, it's a, not nothing. It's got a really low ceiling, but correct. It's not. It's nothing. not nothing, right? So, the Statue of Liberty says, "Send me your poor." 
so why in this country do we treat poor people bad? We already know that black people, this show exists because this country oftentimes treats black people bad. But, you know, to your point, yes, poor people get treated uh, badly. But I want to continue. Q, can you name the city that had um, a problem with their water? You said had. Like has, it was has, sorry. Past tense. <laughs> has. Um, shouts to my Flintstones. All my people back home in the great mitten-shaped state of Michigan. Okay. Um, but yeah, Flint, Michigan has been dealing with a drinking water problem for years now. Okay. Okay. Once again, an American city. And, and strangely major enough, city. you know, Jackson, Mississippi it's also is a major capital city. Yeah. Major city. Like, wow. So, um, I want to ask you another question. Now, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. Maybe I see patterns where they don't exist. Maybe I connect the lines where they don't need to be connected. Never, never heard of such a thing. But I want to ask this question. I really genuinely don't know the answer. I hope I do. Um, would you guess that there are a significant amount of black people that live in Flint, Michigan? Without knowing any data, I'm winking my eye for people who are listening to us on the radio or podcast. <laughs> Without knowing any data, I'd guess that, yes, there are a significant number of black people living in Flint, Michigan. Huh. I would guess the same thing, because obviously I've been alive in this country for the past since Obama was in office. Um, and I'm well aware of this issue and I, I'm well aware that Flint is 57% black. Thank you, Maggie, for that statistic. Now, um, here's two examples of cities that have failed their black, primarily black, uh, citizens in this way. Um, that's not to say that other cities that are predominantly black um, don't miss the mark. They just have not gotten to the point where they're doing this for an indefinite amount of time, you know, et cetera. That's not to say that other places where the black population makes up a significant amount of the population um, is not adversely affected in other ways. Maybe it's not water. Maybe it's, you know, another thing, right? Um, but I think that these things, again, point to uh, environmental racism. Again, one day, me and Maggie and Q will sit down and we'll really flesh this out for you. But we have to talk about, I, I just, I just, you know, thank you for listening every week. I appreciate you listening every week. I know that we have to talk about this stuff. And the truth is, if you're listening to me, I reckon you my sister. I reckon you my brother. We're going to get through this together. But this is the sort of thing that I cannot see happening unless we're talking about black people. If it's a black city, Katrina, people were going to stores, trying to get relief, trying to get food, trying to get whatever. And yes, there were some people trying to get whatever. Sure. I'll give you that. But you know how many people the police shot? How many, you know, I don't even want to go into that. I, but I saw that happen. I was in 05. When I first got on the radio, I saw it happen. And we all know Kanye got on TV and he said what he said about George Bush. He should have said poor people. That too, right? But the thing is, it feels like 
more often, if a person is poor and white, there is more empathy for the person, for the family, for the community. Well, individually, sure. Like if someone's having a conversation with or looking at a photo of, sure. Mm -hmm. But the poor white people that live in the conditions with the poor black people. Yeah. That's live different. in the same yeah. conditions. Yeah. So they get affected the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that obviously is not something where I can furnish hard data. That just is kind of generally speaking the way that that has felt to me. Well, um, you, you may have the absence of the affirmative, right? Okay. But give us an example, listeners, followers, give us an example of an affluent white community in the history of this country that has ever experienced something like this. So we don't, we don't have to have the affirmative data that it's happened. I don't know of an example that I've ever heard of where the truth is the same for an affluent community. I won't even have, you don't have to say white or black, right? If, yeah. if it's poor, it's going to have a greater black population that's the way this thing was set up mm -hmm. if it's affluent it's going to have a greater white population mm -hmm. it was set up that way on purpose it has flourished in that manner for its entire history sure so we don't need the specific data to point to the specific Outcomes. case yeah there's no opposite of it you're not going to call us like hey there was this one time in bel-air where there was no drinking water and you know for a weekend and even if it was that, yeah, there would be no indefinite. There would be no Flint where it's been an ongoing thing for years, you know, this sort of thing. So, um, yes, definitely something to bear in mind. And then, of course, you know, if you feel so inclined, perhaps there's, you know, ways that you can support beyond just sending water to Mississippi to these people. Um, you know, this is a a major American city. This could happen to your city. You know, this could happen to our city. This is, you know, um, it's not something that is beyond the realm of possibilities, but the response to it and the reaction to it just kind of seems lackluster. And, uh, again, the connection that I slash we are making is that, well, 80% black kind of checks out. And because we have to talk about those things here, here's your conversation. Now, I do want to also mention something else. So uh, this comes uh, via the Well News. Uh, Detroit residents ask Congress to eliminate environmental racism. Uh, residents of the Detroit area suggested Thursday during a congressional hearing that the Biden administration take care of environmental racism before celebrating its recent successes against climate change. They are concerned about manufacturing and hazardous waste processing plants that emit pollution, particularly near neighborhoods with predominantly minority and immigrant populations. Quote, our community has been disregarded, end quote, said Robert Shobe, a Detroit resident who reports respiratory problems from the nearby Stellantis plant. Uh, here he goes again, quote, everything is based off of finance instead of people. He added, I don't go outside as much these days to avoid the odor of plants as well as coughing and chest pain. This plant is making us sick. The subcommittee on environments called areas where Americans feel their health is sacrificed for the profits of corporate polluters, sacrifice zones. The Environmental Protection Agency, or the EPA, is supposed to control high pollution industries through the permitting processes it administers under the Clean Air and Clean Water Acts. Um, but again, 
even in Q's uh, city of his birth. Um, and again, there's a lot of black folks there. It just kind of seems like, eh, you know, he's kind of got to deal with it and it moves slow and people are just kind of not concerned. And um, then we end up with these outcomes that affect health, quality of life, property values, um, mobility in society, things like this. Environmental racism is another sort of invisible force that we have to deal with as a black community. Now, again, I'm not trying to complain about Ramses. Q's not trying to complain about Q, but we have to bring issues um, to the forefront so that if you have never heard of these things, you at least are aware that they exist, A, and B, we're not crazy. We're not, nobody wants to just complain all the time. Nobody, like who... You know, we're hard workers. We don't want anything free. We're men. You know what I mean? And Maggie's a woman, you know, so we like as an adult woman, you know, so. It is, however, exhausting to have these repetitive truths for the entirety of our lives, you know, made to feel like we're complaining. Yes, indeed. 